0: All right, and welcome back to Psychology and Stuff. Um, this is what I'm calling season 1.5, right? Because uh, we took a nice long break uh, f- through the end of December and January, and we are going to kick things off anew. So, And today, we are going to talk about a stereotype threat. And I got a couple of, uh, a couple of guests with me here today. Um, first is chair of human development uh, and a good friend of mine, Dr. Kate Burns.
1: Hello, I'm also a member of the psychology faculty.
0: Yes, she is also a member of the psychology faculty. So, um, yes, so, uh, and then we also have a student who is. Um, uh, one of Kate's former research assistants, is that right, are you currently? Oh, one As of your... Well.
2: so I'm continuing this semester. Gotcha, so
0: former and current yeah. research assistant, this is <laughs> <laughs> Allie Schramm. Allie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Um, Of course, so my name is Allie, I am a junior this year, I'll probably be graduating May 2017, um, I'm a psychology major, human development minor, and I am planning on going into industrial organizational psychology.
0: Outstanding. Those are my plans. Very <laughs> good. Have you taken the I.O. course?
2: I haven't, but I took organizational behavior, organizational development with Deirdre's um, husband. Oh. So I took it in the business department, but I still plan on taking it in awesome. the psych department. Gotcha. Kind of like a mix. No, that's great. Both of it. That's
0: seeing. great. Um, outstanding. Good. Um, all right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about stereotype threat, and I'm going to start with a, a big, big, complicated question, Kate. I'm going to throw a really hard one at you at the outset. Oh outside. No. Okay. <laughs> what is stereotype threat?
1: That's an excellent question, Ryan. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, So stereotype threat is kind of this um, anxiety that um, different groups can have, um, worried that they're going to be judged according to a stereotype. And then that stereotype adversely affects their performance. Okay. So like for women in math, um, there's a stereotype that women are not as good as math. And so they might be thinking about this stereotype, kind of Consciously or unconsciously, and then having that worry then actually make them confirm that expectation of not performing as well then on this math test.
0: Okay. So, give me a sense of because um, I will admit to knowing nothing about this, um, right? I, I mean, other than having attended your job talk uh, ten years ago. I don't think uh, I
1: talked about stereotype okay. threat during Well, the there job you go. Talks. That
0: explains why I still okay, don't know anything. So yeah. Go. So I, I, did it. idiot, it's <laughs> I did it. It's you. I did it. I put myself through a crash course uh, via the web this morning okay. on stereotype threat to learn as much as I possibly could uh, about it. So, because um, it was actually interestingly not something that was covered in my social science class. Which, um,
1: that's just how old you are. I I that's what I'm worried about. So,
0: I you would think that, and then but then I also read this morning that this concept's been around sort of since the 50s. Is
1: that fair or no? Uh, not in this language. I mean, I think that people talk about like self fulfilling prophecies and that's kind of linked to stereotype threat, but not that I think not that the term stereotype threat, okay.
0: So, um, and Allie, if you've got questions yeah. about it, chime okay. in. Sounds or if, but, but you also may know, you probably know more about it than I do. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, guess- yes. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I guessing. Yes, I'm guessing you I do. Know a little. <laughs> um, so, uh, w- can you point to some, kind of some of the big findings in this area? Like, what are some of the studies that have been done? How do they research it and that sort of thing? We'll turn to your research in a second, but just sort of some of those, some of those real big findings where, where it was sort of identified and that kind of thing.
1: So in terms of some of the the big findings, um, so like Claude Steele and Joshua Aronson um, in the '90s, kind of first documenting it experimentally, and so okay. they were looking at um, you know African American students versus white students at um, at Stanford, and um, looking at their performance on a, a task, and you know basically talking about it as like you know a problem solving type task versus like this like. GRE, like academically, like diagnostic type task, where mm-hmm. we can kind of tell your skills just based on how you perform, and just by kind of changing the instructions of the task, then we can see groups having um, equal performance where the, before there were these big gaps in performance where the um, the the white students were performing better than the African American mm-hmm. students. So. It's just kind of, it's a nice way of looking at like how context and how the situation might matter, which is all about social psychology, right? Like it's trying to look at that environment and how can we change the environment.
0: Okay. Well, so that kind of leads me into my next question is give me some examples of how it kind of plays out in everyday life. I mean, what are some of the real life uh, implications of this, whether it's academics or in the workplace or, or anything like that?
1: So it's looked at a lot in academics, just in terms of how can we get people to kind of achieve their true level of performance, right? So whether it's you taking the ACT, the SAT, the GRE, right? Mm -hmm. And we're always thinking about those as this diagnostic test. But we Mm -hmm. also want groups to be able to to perform to their their true abilities. So if Mm -hmm. it's something about taking a diagnostic test and if we can just change instructions, then that has huge implications Mm -hmm. for both the classroom and... You know, college admittance, grad school admittance, and um, those types of things. But it also plays out, people have looked at it in terms of memory. So, like older adults, you know, the stereotype that older adults don't have as good of a memory. And so, thinking about that, that can actually threaten their memory so that they actually perform worse, that they don't Mm -hmm. have as good of a memory because they're thinking about that stereotype. Um, You know, women in math, another kind of academic one, they've looked at it with sports. So, um, this idea that uh african americans are better at sports and you know threatening white male students with this and and how mm-hmm. they kind of frame the task as whether it's like sports intelligence or whether it's like um you know their natural sports ability that 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 leads to differences in performance too so they've really kind of been creative in how they've looked at it in a whole lot of domains okay uh-huh.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to like look at the sports aspect of it because I know even like growing up, my dad, um, I played soccer throughout high school and when I, um, I ended up, I couldn't play my senior year, but he was excited to watch my boyfriend play. He was like, I can finally watch like a guy play a sport. And I was like, thanks dad. It's really (laughs) nice of you.
0: Ouch. (laughs) Thanks so much for (laughs) the Wow. Okay. Um, what are, um, you mentioned changing the instructions. A few times. Give me, you know, so I teach classes here. Um, yeah. Give me an example of how, like, uh, when you say changing the instructions or something like that, like, how does that play itself out, like, in a specific situation? Like, what way should, what, how should instructions read or, or something like that?
1: So, a few different things. So some things like when we activate like people's gender or race, then that can activate these stereotypes and kind of bring that to the forefront. So, I always think it's interesting that like on our scantrons, it has a little bubble for for gender on there. Not that I don't think a lot of students actually fill it out, but, you know, I always get nervous, like why would we even have that on there, right? That that could be like activating some of these concerns if they do happen to kind of label themselves before they take some sort of test. Um, usually, the instructions are more in terms of talking about things as like, this is a problem-solving-type task. This is, you know, it's like an exercise. It's a chance for you to practice your skills, as opposed to, like, this is what the default usually is, right? Like, this is a real test. This is diagnostic. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to tell your true abilities just based on this test. So okay. it's kind of more in terms of talking about it and of, like, hey, we're, we're just, you know, this is fun. We're solving problems, even though it's the exact same test. It's so mm-hmm. just kind of looking at it through a different lens. Okay. So
0: how did you... Um... How did you get involved in this research? I want to talk about some of your specific studies in a bit, but how did when did this start for you?
1: Um, I I don't know. I always thought kind of stereotype threat was interesting. When I was in high school, I had like written some paper on like women in math. I I I guess I would blame my mom, because my mom was always like, I don't know if she wanted me to be an engineer or what, but she was always like taking me to like women in science type things. And so like I think that was always kind of in the background of my mind. And and then I think that that's kind of eventually what this blossomed into of okay. like all those different things I had gone to. I was like, wait a second, maybe <laughs> I should do something like this, but just in psychology instead. Right.
0: What? Um, so, undergrad or graduate school?
1: Um, undergrad. I don't think I had heard about stereotype threat oh, either, okay. or at least I don't remember and it. You so are also I am old, admitting maybe. that I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went to a special school that didn't talk about no. I don't know. Um, yeah. And uh, grad school, I just kind of. I, you know, I didn't start out thinking about this in grad school, but it just kind of it developed along the way. My okay. advisor was really interested in stereotyping, and who was that? Um, uh, was Linda Isbell from okay. University of Massachusetts, and okay. it just kind of came about. Mm-hmm. So okay. yeah, I don't know. Okay. I don't have a very good origin story. There was, like, <laughs> <laughs> Worst superhero ever, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> what,
0: um, so you didn't go there with the intent to study that?
1: I didn't. I was thinking that I wanted to do psychology and law, and so I was really excited by, like, eyewitness stuff and, like, juries, and she had done a little bit about that, and so I did something like that for my first-year project, and then it kind of evolved from there, and, okay.
2: and here I am, not awesome. not
1: doing anything in psych and law. <laughs>
0: Well, we can. You can start. It's not okay. too late. Okay. yeah' Okay. Right. <laughs> we're talking about getting a forensics class in yeah, the books right now, Yeah, we are. Yeah. Someone
1: talked to me about forensics yesterday. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. Wow. All right. Kate and I have more similar interests, I think, in the, the, like w- when it comes to teaching than I realize, because you also are inter- you also interested in emotion. In I teaching did. High. I
1: taught a psych of emotion course in grad school.
0: Yeah. And testing, which I've, which is a course that you. That was week.
1: my favorite course in undergrad. Was it? Yeah. Well, then, yeah. yeah. And big I, nerd.
0: And I did I, – my dissertation was on test development. Like, I'm a big wow. fan of, of, of testing and that sort of thing. So, yeah, interesting. Okay. So tell me about some of your big studies, though. So what are, what's some of the research you've done? Um, um,
1: on stereotype threat.
0: Yes. Well, oh. We're going to move to the other stuff in a little bit. Okay. But, oh.
1: um, so on stereotype threat, so I'm kind of interested in that emotion piece. And uh-huh. so looking at it in terms of, like um, – you know, are people kind of aware of these emotions? What does that kind of mean? And so I, I've looked at it in terms of expressing emotions ahead of time. And so having, um, I've done a lot of work with, with female students in math. Um, so I also teach statistics. so I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of like a nice convergence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have tons of female students in psychology. So it's also kind of do? for convenience, I guess, <laughs> as well, in addition to, to thinking about statistics. But um, but yeah, I've had them um, write out like express their emotions before taking a math test, and that actually led to better performance um, under the stereotype threat. Oh
0: wait, so wait, mm. they wrote out what? They
1: wrote, um, they like they spent five minutes like writing out like what emotions, like focus on what emotions you're expressing, kind of like a James Pennebaker like emotional okay. expression and health type stuff, okay. only with this and um, and that. Seem to le- to lead to, to better performance, so uh-huh. that that could be something mm-hmm. that you could implement in the classroom. Yeah, oh. well,
0: that's um. what part of what I want to walk away from this from. Okay, I just mumbled that whole sentence, but what I, part of what I want to walk away from this uh, with is um, uh, is are some real things that people should know, like and, and can take, and and whether they're teachers or in the workplace or whatever. And sort of what are some some things that we should be doing differently. So, um, what other research are you doing?
1: Um, so we looked a little bit last semester mm-hmm. in terms of um, kind of putting people under stereotype threat and then looking at how does that affect their beliefs about intelligence. And okay. so um, we were doing a little bit of a follow-up last semester, but we've done stuff in the past where um, if you take this test under stereotype threat, it actually, the results we found at least have showed that you have this more fixed view of mm-hmm. intelligence, of math intelligence specifically, after taking this stereotype okay. threat tests so that, I mean, that that's kind of showing like a way of like in real time that there's been this linkage of looking at what how people think about math and then stereotype okay. threat and so this is kind of showing that you know just taking this single test could ultimately be shifting you to thinking that well math is just this fixed thing and I'm either smart or I'm not and there's really nothing yeah. I can do like I can't really change through effort and hard work
0: Okay. So when you say fixed view, you mean the, like, like a it's stable fixed. Idea. Yeah, it's a stable
1: entity. You really can't do anything about it. It's not malleable. You're Got just, it. this is what get you any have. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Interesting. Um, Ellie, why did. You've been working with Kate, sounds like, for a semester and yes. about almost a, another one. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, I almost said a semester and a half, but we're not halfway through no. the semester. No. Yet. <laughs> this is the second <laughs> day. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We, we haven't met yet this semester, <laughs> so, so
0: all right. if it counts right. yet. Um, and you probably can't talk about what you're doing this semester, can you? Because of uh, we,
2: we could talk a little bit. We could talk about, about
1: like okay. or the what we're looking fall at. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. in
2: the fall, we looked at um, relationships and kind of attachment and how your attachment. Um, in that relationship could possibly affect that relationship, how you view it and how you view your partner as well, if they are in the same attachment style as you or okay. um, as well as like other factors, like how long they've been together or how All long, right. things like that. So I guess we're looking at that still coding and everything.
0: Can we back up for a second, maybe, because yes. some of our audience may not know what attachment is. Oh, so do yes. you guys want to talk a little bit about attachment?
2: Sure. Well, attachment theory is, like, my favorite theory. I've awesome. learned about it through, like, all the interhuman <laughs> development courses, psych courses. It's just, like, my favorite theory. I love learning about it. Okay. And last night I was thinking about this, and I can't think of the person's name that created it. So and I was, like, going to bed, I'm like, oh, I can't think of
0: their is it name. Bowlby? Are you of Bowlby yes. yes. Bowlby?
2: yes. Okay. okay, thank you. I was like, I can't think of <laughs> the name. I was like, I think it starts with a B, but I'm just going to go crazy thinking about it. Um, but it was me. It was Burns. It's basically just um, kind of how your parents raised you and and how you. Um, I guess sorry, I, I'm trying to put in, in terms, but how to how you're attached to them, and, like secure or avoidant. I think the strain situation is really mm-hmm. good. If you watch that, that mm-hmm. really helps me like remember which one is which and how you right. act when your parent or your primary caregiver leaves. And um, how you react when they come back, if you can be soothed or not. And right. I guess that. Okay. Time. Anything Great. to add? Yeah. I can't think of
0: anything. <laughs> so, no, that's perfect. Yeah. I, um, yeah, so I, I was exposed to a, t- a I had a, 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 a one of my advisors or one of my teachers in grad school was a big, uh, attachment researcher mm-hmm. and he was really I- interested in all that. So I was exposed to it in great detail in, mm-hmm. in college or in graduate school, which was great. But then, it, then re-exposed to it when I, when we adopted our kids, mm-hmm. um, became a, almost all the education you have to go through as part of that process is a lot of it is mm-hmm. focused on attachment. And so read a lot of Bowlby stuff and mm-hmm. mostly articles about Bowlby, I guess, were the yeah. things that they, mm-hmm. uh, gave to us. Who did the strange situation? Do, you, do you either of you remember? It was it Mary Ainsworth? That's, yes. Okay. okay. I, I didn't want to
2: guess. I was and Ainsworth. I was like, I can't yeah. think of their names. But really, really
0: cool study. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, the, the Ainsworth study.
2: So. And it's so fun. I guess, like, I'm a nanny, too, when I okay. go home for the summer, so it's, like, so much fun. And I nanny for my cousins and my boyfriend's cousins. So it's just so much fun to kind of see their attachment develop with their parents as well mm-hmm. as other people, because you can't have more than one attachment mm-hmm. style to different people. That's not a bad thing, but um, it's always really fun to kind of see how they act and how they act when their parents leave and Mm -hmm. things like that and how they develop when they get older. Right. I have a lot of fun watching them and doing little studies on them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You run a strange situation. No, (laughs) not that one, just like
2: some little ones. like the one where you put the um, paper over um, one of the toys. Uh I can't think of what it's called. I'm just beginning the semester, so That's I'm right. very on my That's A game today. That's all right. <laughs> Object permanence,
0: or no? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Good. So I do that. Um, yeah. But they're,
2: they're too old for that now. So no. I I do <laughs> they've got it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they figured out this stuff doesn't just disappear no. when you no. take they're it down. Yeah. Yeah. I did the I did the uh, the marshmallow experiment with mm-hmm. my kids um, where you.
2: Yes, I love that one too. Yeah, it's great. We're planning on doing
0: that this summer. So, someone describe the marshmallow experiment for the audience because, again, they have it all. Wanna go for it?
2: Okay. (laughs) So, I guess um, the marshmallow test is when. A child is placed in a room basically by themselves and Mm -hmm. they have a marshmallow sitting in front of them and they're told that they can eat it now and there's nothing wrong with that but if you wait for like I think it's 15 minutes Mm -hmm. right approximately 15 minutes It's probably done different ways but I know
0: some of them are 15 yeah Yeah,
2: about about that time frame um, if they don't eat it then they can have two marshmallows so the ones that wait actually have more implications for like better grades things like that like better outcomes in life so the ones who just eat it right away um, have lower impulse control I guess so. right. yeah. I don't know it's I, just I really interesting <laughs> <laughs> I love it so I'm planning on doing uh, it to my four year old cousin
0: so I, I tried it with mine and my oldest when I explained it to him he's like okay I'll wait uh, and then just sat there and didn't just seem bothered <laughs> by it at all I can't remember I, he must have been four when I did I'm not yeah. sure what age they, they did this with mm-hmm. and, and the, but then the younger one just said, I don't like marshmallows, and got up and left. And so I yeah. was <laughs> like, okay. Uh, really so crazy. he's the one who I think would have struggled with it if yeah. uh, if he actually, if it were a food he enjoyed. If we find one of those foods that he enjoys, yes. that'd be great. Um, so no luck so far. Um, how, how did you, uh, so how did you get involved with doing research with Dr. Burns? What? Um,
2: well, I, I saw um, the... Psychology and human development ad, okay. and I knew I wanted to be a research assistant. And um, the information about like emotion, stereotyping, and things like that sounded really interesting to me. So Great. I leap and I applied, and then I got it. Awesome, <laughs> so that was fun.
0: <laughs> awesome, so. Um. Well, and I happen to know, uh, actually, by, by the time this podcast drops, which will be on Thursday, you will be at SPSP? I will, yes. Can you talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing there?
1: Yes. So so tell them what SPSP is okay. first. <laughs> SPSP is the Society for Personality and Social Psychology okay. Annual Conference. So it's in San Diego this nice. year, which will be very nice. I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry you have to leave. Yeah. The, go <laughs> to San Diego. More snow and,
1: yeah. and go there. Um, yes, that'll be fun. I am presenting a poster with one of my— My former research assistants, Chad. Okay. Um, And we are doing this on some past research, looking at um, comparing stereotype suppression as a strategy for controlling your stereotypes to colorblindness. What is stereotype suppression? Stereotype suppression is like. when i tell you to avoid using stereotypes and to kind of push them out of your mind so it's kind of like do you remember like the white bear study no, no. did you take social psychology when you were i in, did in school? I, you okay. know i hate to say this it was you were paying by attention.
0: No, I was paying attention, but it was—I t- didn't take it in undergrad, okay. in graduate school. But it was taught by a clinical psychologist.
1: Oh wow, yeah. that's not real social psychology. I know. Even. So honestly, yeah. like, I,
0: it was not the greatest experience. Okay. I'm fairly confident he's retired, so I can talk about this <laughs> okay. and he'll not okay. hear it ever. Okay. Um, but it was—it was, it was not—it was not a great class.
1: Okay, <laughs> so like, if we go with the white bear thing, it's basically like don't think about a white bear, and like initially Dumb. you're like okay i'm not thinking about a white bear but then it kind of keeps creeps back yeah. in there you know like it keeps popping in your mind and so they've kind of applied that thought suppression work to the world of stereotype suppression so yeah. it kind of depends on the stereotype sometimes we can control our stereotypes um but for other ones they do kind of keep popping back and they call that like that popping back this rebound then of stereotypes so we are trying to look at like people nowadays, right, it's like taught in schools, everything that you should just be colorblind, right? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, what are you really doing when you're trying to be colorblind? Are you trying to like suppress thoughts of, right. of race? Are you doing this like proactive strategy? Okay. And so we were trying to directly compare the two to see, like, is this just stereotype suppression rebranded or right. or what? what is this all about?
0: Cool, very interesting. So, well, so I'm gonna turn to a new Feature we have on the blog, you are my guinea pig, okay. hey parents. So, okay. um, where it's called. Five questions, and okay. stick with me now, okay. where we ask you five questions.
1: Wow, that, that was a twist. <laughs>
0: Drawn from, I know, yeah, nobody saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, we should. You know what I should just ask six, just to really <laughs> it. So, you my math um, it. You know, I, I posted something on the psych blog uh, last semester, and it was like seven things new psychology students should do, and immediately as, when I posted it, one of our former students, Sally Nelson, wrote me and said, there's only five things on the list. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: So that we produce our graduates yes. so that they can
0: count so, very yes. well. So yes. anyways, um, yeah, no, our alumni can count. Yes. Our faculty cannot. <laughs> so, um, But it's not my fault. I'm just bad at math. Okay. Right. Sorry. Wow. I was throwing out not, There's not
1: really a stereotype thread about, 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 about white men. About yeah. white men and psychology yeah. faculty being bad at math. Yeah. Damn it. Maybe <laughs> it'll be a new kind. They're yes. always looking for right. new types.
0: Yeah. So, well, maybe I can get good at it okay. as I keep working. But, okay. Um, okay, so we are drawing questions. I literally have a hat here, okay. um, and we uh, are going to draw questions from it, and we're going to ask them, okay. and uh, yeah, here we go. So, All the first right. question is, what's the best vacation you've been to? Okay. Um, <laughs>
1: I'm going to
0: have to... Now you don't get to think okay. about it.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll say going to Disney World when I was a kid. Nice. That, that was pretty um, cool. We went to like the the space Needle. place. <laughs> Florida, like the whatever. Space Mountain. Well, Space Mountain, but like the, That's what I was like, the like the like the space shuttle and all that. Oh, and Cape Florida. Canaveral? Yeah, we, okay. went, gotcha. we went there. We went okay. to SeaWorld and nice. it was a good time for for a 12-year-old, yeah. May
0: I tell you somebody who's been camping with you. I'm a little disappointed you didn't say camping. That's not really you. a vacation
1: though. <laughs> like, no.
0: Really? No.
1: Oh, okay. Bye. Uh, if you would like watch all the kids, <laughs> and I would just be like in the tent reading books, then sure, it'll all be like, right. a vacation. All right. Plans for next
2: summer. There go. Am I picking one? Yeah, Ellie, go, go yeah. for it. You can pick one. Okay. So, your favorite travel spot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, well, I'm there also. May be look- some overlap okay. Yeah, I
1: guess. I'm also. It, it will be nice to go to San Diego. So, the last time I was in San Diego was four years ago, also for SPSP. Um, and my husband and kids tagged along, and they're going to tag along this time, too. Nice. So. It's, it's a nice place, especially yeah. in the middle of winter to go to, to California.
0: Will you, will you go to Legoland?
1: We are we are going to try to go to Legoland. Yeah. Yep, that is That's the plan. Nice. Yeah, Very good. Two very avid Lego children.
0: All right. And I bet Mark likes them, too. A little he bit. does, yeah. Are you a Lego fan?
1: I, I think they're good, too, yeah. Hmm. Kind of, I've improved my Lego skills. Have, have you? Having <laughs> the kids. I have, yeah. Really?
2: It takes practice, yeah. right? Hard work <laughs> and effort. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, all right. If you were an animal, what would you be?
1: okay <laughs> i did not generate the
0: questions myself
1: <laughs> um i don't know
0: uh we're gonna have to start a timer <laughs> lightning i route. would be
1: a cheetah because i like running there go. but i'm not really a sprinter so okay. i guess i'm like a Is slow that- cheetah
0: like a, a slow cheetah a slow cheetah, <laughs> a cheetah that, that runs long distances yeah. yeah okay yeah
1: i'm the one that paces itself so like yeah. i <laughs> would get he- eaten probably sooner but like in the end yeah. i would run away
0: do cheetahs have predators i guess i, I thought know. they were
1: actually i think humans are their biggest predators oh, yes. i have a son who's an animal lover and we've okay. read about this cheetah conservancy that they have okay yeah Okay. So yeah. They do. okay. So as long yeah. as I'm faster than humans, yes. then I can survive.
0: It would also be nice if you could catch some food every now and then.
1: <laughs> that would be more problematic, yeah. yes.
0: Okay. Awesome. Here we go. we got two more, if I, if my wow. math is correct. Okay.
2: <laughs> Do you have an office nickname? What is it? Um, <laughs> I was hoping. Oh, place. no. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so I guess uh, Bernsey is is something. Not like an official nickname, but I, I have been called Burns. These are all from from you, Dr. <laughs> Martin, so it's more uh, not so much official. Um, <laughs> I have two cats, I guess, <laughs> is one of my nicknames.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> that came up on <laughs> a camping trip. Yeah, I think
1: it's because I'm cold all the time. I'm not exactly sure. You would have to ask I actually don't remember the Dr. origin Martin, of that Martin. one. That, that would be you. You yeah. were the one who Well, originated.
0: I think it was sort of Mark. But I don't. I think it was, it was a, com- you. a conversation that we had. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't really remember.
1: Yeah. That. Yeah. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um.
0: All right. Is this the last one? I think yeah. it is. Uh, if given a chance, who would you like to be for a day?
1: Wow. Um. I that is deep. <laughs> <laughs> These are like bad podcasts. <laughs> Podcast questions because you have to think right away. Right. um I don't know who I'd want to yeah. be. Okay. I don't know, like George Washington. Does the person have to be alive still? No. Okay, that could be cool to be like I could travel back in time and be plus George be Warren. president. Yeah. I don't know. Claude, Claude Steele. I don't know. Claude Steele. There you sure.
0: go. Oh, good. All good answers. I I think I said Daniel Craig when I got this question, just because he's James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was more a gift to my wife than anything. Okay. All right. So, so uh, that is all we have. Unless you guys have any final things you want to say. Thank you both so much for joining us. This was really fun, and I learned a lot. So um, here is what I want to say is um, we're going to start dropping these every week. So um, we're going every Thursday. um, We're going to be dropping these. They are now available on iTunes as well. So you can get psychology and stuff via iTunes. You can get it through the psychology app. Um, but our guest next week is uh, Cindy Gondek and Will vote from Fox Valley Autism. So we're going to talk with them a little bit about autism and other stuff. So that is all I have. Thank you both again very much for joining us. Thank
1: you. Yep, thanks.